You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you, beloved. Welcome to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. Brian Ray, your host at Al, et cetera, et et, yeah, that, me. It is great to be back with you. I hope you all are having a great week, and hopefully you are trusting in the Lord, seeking His will, um, uh, experiencing His favor because of your healthy obedience to the Lord. Well, um, coming back to you with the doctrine of church unity, which is also the doctrine of unity, which is also the application of unity. As we consider the subject matter of doctrine and duty, what does the Scripture have to say about unity, and then how shall we then live? So, uh, today, although we have covered numerous passages of Scripture already, today we find ourselves uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1-6. through 6. And Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. May God bless the reading of His Word. Wow. Uh, very interesting description of himself when he says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord. Uh, we have run across passages of Scripture before where Paul would talk about being a prisoner of the Lord, but now we see that he is a prisoner for the Lord. So he belongs to the Lord, but he also represents the Lord in his being a prisoner. And then he says, I urge you. So there's the invitation, the pleading. It's it's kind of like when someone, uh, when a parent says, hey, would you like to go clean your room? Uh, it's a nice way of saying, go clean your room, right? <laughs> and so Paul is saying, you know, I'd really like to urge you uh, to walk in a manner that is worthy of your calling. So what does that mean, a manner worthy of our calling? I mean, we've been called out of our sins. We've been called and placed in Christ positionally. And so if we are in Christ, we are Christians, we are disciples, we are believers, we are followers of Christ. So our lives should match our position. Our living, our choices should match our identity. In other words, we live in a day where people identify as this or that, which is very, very confusing and not at all scriptural. As believers, we identify as Christians. Are we... Uh, American, sure. Are do, you know? Are we from Virginia or where, whatever state we're from? Uh, yes. Uh, whatever place where we were born and raised. Yes. Uh, there are all sorts of uh, designations for socioeconomic status. Um, some would classify into race or color or creed or something like that, nationality. But we identify as Christians first and foremost. Before I am a Baptist. I am a Christian. Before I am a pastor, I am a Christian. That is the primary calling. So walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called is living like Jesus, living the life that the Lord Jesus has called us to live. Very clear there from Scripture. So he pleads, he urges, he begs, he 
He challenges that we would live our lives according to the glory of God. And he says in verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So our lives should be marked with humility, not pride, uh, with gentleness, not with Rawr. <laughs> you know, not with a bad attitude, not with like um, a fighting attitude or anything like that, but with this gentle attitude, this attitude of meekness, this, this attitude of strength under control, with all humility and gentleness. And then next it says with patience, uh, being patient with those around us. Uh, not being impatient, not being easily agitated, easily frustrated or frustratable. And so with all humility and gentleness, with patience, and then bearing with one another in love, not tolerating, not putting up with, but walking with people. Even when people you think don't deserve to be walked with, even when people might not want to be walked with, uh, we bear with one another in love. We walk alongside. We hold one another up. We hold each other accountable. And we do it in love. And so love is the basis. Love is the foundation. And we do it in love as well. Verse 3, it says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Uh, I love the fact that it says eager to maintain uh, the unity of the Spirit. <clears throat> One thing that I, I see people uh, eager, well, several things I see people eager about. People are eager, eager about sports. Uh, they're eager about food. They're eager about their grandkids. Uh, eager about their money, uh, either about their eager about their apparel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here we see this powerful, powerful challenge to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. Can you imagine if a bunch of people showed up eager and said, "Okay, we're here to defend and maintain the unity of the church." Woohoo! People would look at them like they, you know, had like a third eye up top, like a cyclops type of uh, looking person. It's like, what? What's the, what's the deal with that person? Uh, so, so maybe it doesn't look like that, but that in our hearts and minds, should anything come up that is divisive, uh, divisional, dis something that might bring disunity, uh, division, uh, dysfunction, that there would be this eagerness amongst the people of God to maintain, no matter what, to maintain the unity of the Spirit. In other words, we are saved and we're going to act like we're saved. We belong to the Lord. We're going to act like we belong to the Lord. We're not going to say those things. We're not going to do those things. We're not going to go down those roads. We are going to follow the will of God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in the bond of peace. And that's the thing. I think I've shared with you before how unity and peace, peace and unity, unity and love, love and unity, these things go hand in hand and form the basis for one for each other almost. And that, that really sets us up for this one of the most powerful passages about unity uh, in Paul's writings, he says there is one body and one spirit. Love it. Yes, we are a local church. Yes, Southern Baptists uh, are comprised of around thirty-eight to 40,000 uh, churches, uh, but we are one body. We have many local churches, but the church universal, those who are the saved, the redeemed of all the ages, we are one body. We're not many bodies. We are one body. So we have a strong connection, a strong bond for unity uh, in the midst of diversity. And, and even in the midst of different geographical locations, we are still connected. It's, it's really cool when you go to visit a different church uh, or when someone from another church visits your church. And when they come to me and speak to me as, as pastor, it's like, wow, I just I feel this automatic connection, this oneness, if you would, this unity from those who are fellow 
uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so it says there is uh, one body and one spirit. Of course, we understand a reference there clearly to the Holy Spirit of God, the third member of the Trinity. There is only one spirit, one spirit of God, one Holy Spirit. He says, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, the one hope that belongs to our call, that that could refer to numerous things, and people are undecided as to exactly what it means. The 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 one hope that belongs to your call, is it the hope of salvation, uh, the assurance of, of heaven, um, the hope of our identity, our position in Christ, uh, the hope of the calling to serve and minister, the hope of sharing the gospel? Maybe it's Maybe it's not so much an either or, maybe it's a both and, or both, 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 and, and, and. Um, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. And and then it says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. So this one hope, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory, could that be what he's referencing? Again, still not sure. One Lord, there is only one Jesus, there's only one master of all. One faith, uh, and that is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you can't, uh, you know, you can't have faith in many things or many faiths, if you would. But you have faith in Christ. There's one baptism. In other words, um, and there's two ways to look at that. Um, first of all, spirit baptism. So, so whenever you get saved, you receive the gift, presence, power, indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. At the moment of your conversion, you are baptized. Uh, with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. And so you become a child of God and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is a one-time thing. You don't get a little bit of the Holy Spirit now, a little bit later. Um, you don't get a little Holy Spirit when you get saved. And then once you start doing amazing things for God, then you get a little bit of the Holy Spirit. You don't. It's not a, a subsequent experience. It's not something that, whoa, he's risen to the occasion and he's really got really got the Holy Spirit. That's not the way God's Word teaches us. It's It's not the Word of God at all. We receive the Holy Spirit in the same measure, all of us, at the moment of our conversion. We do receive different spiritual gifts. And then we can also choose, sadly, um, to um, um, you know, cause grief, to grieve the Holy Spirit, um, to deny the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. But we're also called to be filled with and led by the Holy Spirit on the positive side. So there's one Spirit. Uh, one faith, one baptism. And by the way, the other baptism would be a reference to water baptism, if that is what he's referring to here. Um, and water baptism, is, water baptism is a one-time thing. You say, well, wait a minute. I was baptized twice or three times. Well, hear me out. So one baptism, what that means is that only one baptism is valid, and that is the baptism that takes place after your conversion. If you were baptized as an infant... Um, if, if you were baptized as, as confirmation or any other baptism or just to join a church, if your baptism did not come after you were saved to identify you with the body of Christ as a, as a saved believer, um, then it's not a valid baptism. You could have been baptized three times, but only one of them is, is the correct one. And that is the one that comes after conversion and in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God and Father of us all. So the whole Trinity is mentioned here. There's one Lord, that's Jesus, one Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, and one God and Father of all, that is God the Father. It says, who is over all and through all and in all. That's powerful. <laughs> he, the Father who is over all, he's sovereign, he is through all, he's omnipresent, and he is in all, involved in every area uh, and aspect of the world. Just, just in the book of Job alone, when Job finally hears from God, when God speaks to Job, and he, he goes over, all the functionings of the world. He goes over the weather. 
the wind and the rain, the storm, the lightning, the thunder. He goes over a bunch of animals. He goes over the, the heavenly celestial bodies, the stars, the constellations. He goes over all of these things, showing Job that he is the sovereign ruler of the universe. It's pretty powerful, pretty cool, pretty awesome. Okay, listen, uh, that concludes our time. Uh, I'm assuming that you have finished whatever you normally do when you listen to Doctrine and Duty for 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes or so. So I hope you have an awesome day, and I hope that you are trusting daily in the Lord and enjoying His goodness and presence. Love you, appreciate you, and hope you'll tune in again. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.